I'm Billy Hollowell, and welcome to the season two premiere of the Prodigal Stories podcast, a show where Trey Goins Phillips and I take you through some of the most powerful stories of the day, stories of hope, transformation, and intrigue. On today's episode, we sit down with beloved Christian author Karen Kingsbury and her son, Tyler Russell. We'll talk about their new Pure Flick show and her incredible path to faith. Here's the Prodigal Stories podcast. So Karen, thank you so much for joining me. Now, your original series is coming to Pure Flix, A Thousand Tomorrows, based on your one of your incredible books. I mean, you've written so many books, but let's dive into that project first. I have a lot to ask you about. Um, tell us a little bit about the premise of the film and the book. So A Thousand Tomorrows is a standalone book. It was one of my favorites that you know I wrote a number of years ago, but it is about an angry bull rider and a sick barrel racer and a love story that really never should have happened. Yeah, and those, those are the stories that people love, right? And that's what you've become so excellent at presenting. What is it for you? I have to ask you this because you've had such a prolific career and continue mm-hmm. to, and we're going to talk about your production company and the fact that you're moving into different ways of storytelling. But what draws you to a story? Where do you get your inspiration from? Well, it was really interesting on A Thousand Tomorrows. I was actually at the gym. I was working out. It's really life. Like, I feel like God has asked me to be a detective of the emotions. So, you know, I'm out and about and just sort of living life and something will come along. And I like for sure know that that's a story. Um, I was working out and the girl at the desk was kind of upset. She was had been crying. She was maybe in her 50s. And she said, you know, hi. And just how, you know, I said, I said, you know, are you okay? You having a hard day? And she said, yeah. She said, uh, my, hus- my, uh, my husband and I and our son went to go see the tombstone where our daughter-in-law is buried. It's been one year. It's a one-year anniversary since she died. Wow. And I said, oh, my goodness, I'm so sorry. You know, she must have been very young. And uh, she said, yeah, she was just, you know, just 25. And I said, I'm just very sorry. Was it an accident? You know, and I just am in this conversation with this woman. And um, she said, no, our daughter-in-law had cystic fibrosis. And so I, I knew what that was, a lung disease. I knew that it can cut your lifespan down quite a bit. They've made a lot of strides, but it's still a very um, debilitating and often deadly disease. So I said, wow, your, your son must have known when he married her that, that this was the situation. And she got choked up and more tears. And she said, yeah, more than that. She said, my son, um, he gave her one of his lungs. And I wow. said, I didn't even know like the living lung donation was even a, like a thing at that point. And I said, he gave her a lung and it didn't work. And she said, no, it worked. It worked. Um, they always knew it would only buy them about three years. And so for the next hour, I was kind of doing the math on that and going, so for a thousand tomorrows, he let somebody cut open his chest and take out a lung to buy three more years to buy a thousand tomorrows with this girl. And I didn't, you know, I knew it wouldn't be their story, but I knew I had a story. I couldn't get it out of my heart. I, I was just teary-eyed and and I didn't know who my characters would be. And then I was on a flight and this this bull rider gets on the plane and ended up sitting next to him. He was a PBR, bigger than life, like a kind of taller than average bull rider. Everybody was looking at him. It was just, he stopped the plane, you know, when he walked on. And after talking to him for an hour, I thought, what would it take to make a guy like this love so fully and so thoroughly that he would let somebody go into, you know, take out that he would give his lung to someone for love. What would that, what would that look like? 
And, and I began to think about a sick barrel racer and someone who had always lived her life kind of, you know, cloistered and, and, in her trailer with her mom and not really looking at all for love, knowing she didn't maybe have long because she was risking everything to be riding in an arena. And I had the story. It was just all there. The pieces fell into place. And that was a thousand tomorrows. That's incredible to get sort of a lens into your process. I mean, that's really interesting. Tyler, I have to ask you because you've grown up watching this process, seeing it unfold, collaborating with your mother, and now doing this work. What is it like to watch projects like this? You know, in this case, I said film earlier, it's a series, um, a six-part series. You know, what is it like to watch that come to fruition in a different way? Not books, but movies and TV shows. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's been an incredible process. I think she, you know, getting that insight is always fun to hear it again, because I I remember growing up, her stories would come to life and we talk about it around the, the dinner table or after school. And she'd always say, I have this idea, you know. So to get to see it come to life in a way that can be seen cinematically is really special because especially with this series, A Thousand Tomorrows, uh, six episodes, we get to tell the whole story over six episodes. And so you get to live with the characters longer. And when the opportunity came to write it with her and to, to write this as a TV series, um, it was such an honor for me because I grew up getting to see her as an amazing mom and as an amazing storyteller. And so I learned from the best and um, I love film and TV and that medium. And so to get to marry an amazing story and partner with such a great storyteller to bring it to a, a new audience who maybe, maybe they haven't read the book, maybe they have, but they get to experience it in a whole new way because when you see it on the screen, you get to live with it in a whole brand new and exciting way. So it was a huge thrill to get to write it with her. And I can't wait to share the story in this way. Yeah, Karen, it's it's a totally different process, right, of, of putting together a show or a, or a movie, right? You're looking at things totally differently. All the things you're creating in your writing, you know, you're now visually bringing those to life. What what has that process been like in particular for this series, A Thousand Tomorrows, that will be on Pure Flix? So, you know, it was an interesting conversation when we first, it was Tyler and myself, we went and had um, a lunch locally with, with Rich Peluso, who heads up Sonia Firm. And he really wanted to see this as a series, which was exciting because I think there's too much content for a two-hour movie, you know, mm -hmm. with, with A Thousand Tomorrows. Tyler studied film uh, and directing through college. I knew he was ready to be able to take on something like this as a writer. And honestly, I was working on books. So we kind of came up to the, you know, came up with the arrangement that he would write the episodes. So he wrote them. Um, you know, at home or coffee shops or wherever he was, you know, at his house. And then we would come together and read through them. And I would, you know, lend my kind of lens to it, I guess, just sort of my storytelling to say, let's change this or let's add that. So it was collaborative at that point. And then uh, when we would get notes from the studio, then Tyler would implement those. So he really, you know, I, without him, there's no way that we could have done this. It wasn't, it isn't really like we could work on it together because I was working on books um, I had deadlines that I had to meet, so I trusted him with the story, and he did a phenomenal job. So really, oh, really nice. exciting. Yeah. It was fun. Go team. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tyler, did you ever? could you have ever imagined that you would have ended up in this kind of working relationship with your mother? Was this something you aspired to do? Take me through sort of the process of, of how that happened. Yeah, I think it was something I I never saw coming, but it's been an awesome blessing to do. I mean, growing up, I was always writing my own 
stories or making movies, making my siblings be a part of, of a movie or a play I would write. And so I, I think I had that storyteller bug. Um, but after college, the opportunity to do some work together came up and we, um, we started collaborating on the Baxter Family Children book series um, that she invited me to come write with, with her on. So that sort of became family writing a story about family. And, and we, we were able to find a really cohesive way to work. I think we both want to serve the story. We know that there's readers who, who love what she writes, and we just want to continue to do that well. And so I think we both want to serve the same purpose. And we know that it's, it's unique to work with family in this way. But I really feel like God has blessed us in a way to be able to communicate well, um, to, to learn from each other. Uh, I had to learn, you know, just to stay humble and, and, and know that um, the more humble we can be when we approach collaboration, we, we get to grow and learn. And so it's ended up being a really unexpected but fruitful partnership and working relationship. And um, it continues to be that. So I think it was just an example of trusting God with my future when it came to knowing what I was passionate about knowing what I enjoy doing and then seeing how it came along in the way that it did has been super awesome. Yeah. I mean, what an amazing blessing that you get to work together in this way, creating content that, that through beautiful storytelling changes hearts, changes minds, impacts people. Um, that is such a rare thing. And so what an incredible thing for you both to do. Now we're here talking about this series on pure Flix. Again, it's a thousand tomorrows. It hits the platform in late February. But I want to ask about something else because this is just the beginning really of this form of storytelling. Um, Karen Kingsbury Productions, you launched that, um, Karen, that company, and you have a theatrical coming out later this year. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so we, um, you know, we along the way, there's been a lot of filmmaking, which has been fun for, for years, like mm -hmm. decade and a half that people have been wanting to or making, you know, movies or, or shows based on my books, which has, you know, been an honor. Mm -hmm. And I've learned along the way. So about May of last year, it occurred to me, and my husband was really the one. He came up to me and said, you know, Karen, like, if we had to sell the house, like, we need to make a movie. We need to do our own movie where you see your fingerprints and your heart in the, every minute of it, every frame of it. Um, and so with that, he, he emboldened me to know that that had been what God was calling me to do, but I just was, it's terrifying, you know, to take your own funds. And in this case, um, God provided them, but it wasn't like that was just, it was hard. It was still a huge decision to take funds and to say, okay, we're going to, going to invest in this. And there were people willing to invest, but then you lose the control. So we wanted to be able to make a movie that we felt would really show this is a Karen Kingsbury novel, um, on the big screen. And so we kind of had a family meeting about it. Tyler was ready to direct. He'd been involved in lots of things. And I said, I asked him, I said, would you consider taking this on? I would be honored to have you. Uh, and he prayed about it, right? Mm -hmm. Ming, I would yeah. say. And yeah. um, about June, it was, he said, yes, I'm all in. And uh, I had written a first draft of a script at that point. So we then collaborated from that point and uh, were able to come up with a working script. We were casting it by July and filming it by October. <laughs> um, filmed it mostly in Nashville and some a week in Alabama as well. And then now we are editing and actually tonight we're gonna have the first test screen, uh, a test screening at a local theater with 300 seats and it won't be readers. It'll be people coming to say, Hey, did you do it or didn't you? <laughs> um, so this is our big test tonight. And then, you know, I just expect it to be, I believe I feel the favor of God over it. 
And I feel that I feel like we've pleased him with it. I couldn't be happier with it. So I think you'll be seeing it in theaters this fall. That is so exciting. Being able to be the one who takes your own projects, right? You know, it's one thing for other people to come to you, take the projects, and of course, you know, go through that process. But to be the one making those decisions and having a production company, it's an entirely different animal. It's exciting. Now, I have to ask you, and this is a loaded question, but I think people will want to know, because your fans and those who love your work, some of them may know, a lot of them may know your background, your testimony, but I'm really curious, and again, I know this could be a broad answer, so answer as long as you need to here, but but what was what was sort of your path to faith? Yeah, that is a great question, and I think it drives me today because I, I, I was raised with a denominational faith that was very distant um, in our family growing up. We had a great family. Mom, dad loved us and five kids, but we just, we didn't really go to church very often. I'd never opened a Bible, um, you know, did not have a relationship with Jesus, and I met this great guy. Don Russell, and he, um, we met at the gym working out, and he was just like, I loved everything about him. He was this clean-cut guy who didn't party, wasn't crazy, and this is L.A., so that's like rare, and um, and he he just invited me to go on a date <laughs> after we talked at the gym for three hours, probably, and he said, but there is one thing. I was wondering if I could please bring a Bible to, to our date. Like, can I bring a Bible? We could, like, read the Bible first. And I mean, honestly, I thought he was that that's the craziest thing I'd ever heard I, in L.A. Like <laughs> nobody would say that. Like he was this, you know, good looking, you know, athletic football player guy. And I'm like, I, I just I, I felt like I couldn't lose him right off the bat. So I said, <laughs> I mean, if you if you have to, like if you if you want, I mean, I guess, you know, bring the Bible and. And there I am not knowing, like, is he going to show up on a bike or what? I didn't know what he was into or what. I didn't understand and completely undiscerned to it. So he brings a Bible. He wants to read Philippians chapter four, which is gorgeous, you know, beautiful scripture. God breathed. And I was not discerning. So there it would, it, you know, he, he, we would be read, he would be reading it. I didn't read it, but he was reading it. And I, he could tell I was losing interest. Like I just did not, I had walls all up. So after like he took a breath, I said, are we good? Like, can we, can we check that box? Is that, is that good? <clears throat> and so, um, so then I, I, he, he kind of had a sad look, like, I guess, you know, we can be done. We went to the movies, had our date. And for the next three months, it was this sort of, can I bring the Bible? Can we, can we talk about this scripture? And I was like, really, this is just exhausting. Like it just felt so, un I felt uneasy. And of course it was the conviction of the Holy Spirit, but I didn't know that. I didn't recognize it. I didn't know what that was. And so, you know, this was, this was like our, our mid twenties. And, um, after three months we had this, this big fight about it. It was just, you know, arguing about like he, he wasn't really fighting. I was just saying, I'm really done. Like, I don't want to look at this anymore. I don't want to see it again. And it was feeling really personal. Like he was finding scripture that seemed to challenge, you know, where we were, where I was, um, in my life. And he wasn't even trying to do that. And so there was this day, the sunny afternoon, we were standing outside his car, looking at the Bible, and I just took his highlighted precious Bible and I threw it on the ground and it split in two, like the binding actually split in two. And um, so we just kind of both were frozen. You know, he picked up the pieces, he got in his car and he just, he just left. Like he was just like, like gave me this sad look. And so I thought, you know, I'm going to prove to him that my man-made ways of thinking, like my way of life was, um, you know, 
the right way. So I thought I need to go get a Bible so I can argue with him and debate this. I need to understand what it says. So I went ahead and I went to a Christian bookstore. I'd passed this Christian bookstore all my life. And um, as I, as I passed it all my life, I'd never gone inside. Like I'd always thought it was this weird little thing. So I went in and I said, Hey, I need a Bible in English, something in English, you know, and like, I need to be able to read it. It can't be too old or whatever. So um, they got me an NIV Bible and a Strong's exhaustive concordance. And I no sooner got out to the car I started looking up some of my man-made beliefs just that I'd come to, you know, well, I think this, like whatever that holds, right? I mean, just even, here's what we think. And, um, and I began to read and it was speaking straight to my heart. And I could hear God say, Karen, you have a choice. This is a crossroads in your life. You can either hold on to your man-made ways and you can fall apart with them, or you can grab onto my word and never let go. And so I grabbed that day and I never let go. The guy forgave me. We've been married 35 years and <laughs> Jesus is everything to us and our, our life and our worldview and our storytelling and everything we do is anchored on his word. That is an incredible testimony. And this is what I love about, about Jesus and what the transformation that comes, right? Because you pick up that Bible and I hear that so many times interviewing people when I ask their testimony, they'll say, I picked up the Bible to disprove somebody or argue with them. And not only do they become you know, saved, they end up on this path. I mean, here you are, you've written so many books. Now you're making movies and TV shows. And that commitment that you made to your faith is actually transforming other people's lives through your work. That that is just absolutely incredible. Um, now, Tyler, I have to ask you, what do you think when you hear that story about, <laughs> about your parents? What, what goes through it. your mind? I love, I've heard it probably a hundred or more times and I, I just love it. I think it's like, it's, um, it feels very cinematic. It'd be a great movie, you know? And I, I think it just also speaks to the grace of God and the fact that, you know, God really pursues our hearts and it's never, it's never too late. Nobody's ever too far gone. And even, you know, sometimes from the stage, if she's speaking at a women's event or something, she'll say, you know, I, I broke the Bible and I felt like maybe the ground was going to open up and the stairs going down would would, uh, would be there. You know, uh, she makes it this this funny joke, but it's true that like you don't hear of people breaking the Bible and then going to write books that usher people into the kingdom of God and that bring people closer to him. And so I think it encourages my faith to know that, you know, there are people in my life who I'm praying for, who I'm hoping that that they'll fall in love with God's word and, you know, never give up on those people because, you know, you don't know what their yes to Jesus can do and how it can transform people's lives. And so I think it's just an awesome testimony of, of the fruit of saying yes to God. And, and, um, and it's, it's a beautiful story. It, I think it, it encourages my faith for sure. Well, I have to say amen to that. And, you know, you do have a production company now. So if you did want to tell that story, you'd be able to do that now. But really, what an incredible story. Um, the series is A Thousand Tomorrows. It'll be on Pure Flix in February. Thank you both so much for joining me today. Well, thank you for having us. It's been great to share. And yeah, February 24th on Friday, uh, the first two episodes will drop on Pure Flix and we will be watching for yes, real. Yes, we cannot <laughs> wait to share this series with everybody. We're super pumped. That was Karen Kingsbury and her son, Tyler Russell. 
One of the things I absolutely love about her story is that here she is inspiring millions of people through her books. She is a strong Christian, a believer in Jesus, and yet she came from a place like so many others where she didn't believe, she didn't grow up with it, and she was so frustrated she threw a Bible on the ground and it broke. And you look at that and you see then that spirit of I'm going to go after him and I'm going to figure out how to prove that my way of living is the right way. And just like God always does, when we have an open heart, he points us right back to him. That is the part of this story that I really just love. And I love especially to see how God then takes somebody's story like that and makes her into this beacon who is pointing so many other people toward the truth That is the power of faith and what grace can do in the human heart and what God will do with our lives when we let him do so. And so with that, we are going to close this premiere episode of season two of the Prodigal Stories podcast. Stay tuned for more because we have a lot of amazing content on this show coming up this season. We will see you again next week.